Today's episode of Dog Nation Daily is brought to you by Pella Window and Door of Georgia, viewed to be the best. Presented by DogNation.com, this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. Here's your host, Brandon Adams. So much for us to do on today's show. Let me just briefly begin by saying this, though. I know I've gotten a couple of social media messages from some of you over the course of the last few days that you have tried to get in for our event on Friday, our Dog Nation Days of Summer event at the Battery Atlanta and Truist Park as we all go to the Braves game there together that night to see the Braves take on the Pirates and have our event there at the Terrapin Tap Room before that. And you maybe have been told the tickets have sold out to that. I am going to clear up a little confusion on this for those of you who've asked about that because there is still an opportunity, I believe, at least as they say in the business, at least here at press time, there is still some opportunity for you to take advantage of tickets. I'm going to explain a lot more of that here coming up in just a couple of minutes. Of course, it's great to have you on the program today, Dog Nation Daily, presented by Palo Endo and Door of Georgia. Can't spend too much time on that, though, until we take care of the business at hand. Very busy weekend for UGA all the way around. Brandon Turnage leaves Alabama to come to to Georgia. This is a transfer defensive back. And I think this is really big news. And I want to go over the course of the next few minutes of kind of like what it means and sort of what it doesn't mean for Georgia, because I think there's a little bit of weight on both sides of this. First of all, Georgia has really added themselves a pretty spectacular prospect here in turnage. If you want to make a comparison here for a moment, Think about Jalen Kimber, who right now is a candidate to start for Georgia here this season out of the class of 2020. If you want to go back and look at him, according to 24-7 Sports Composite team ranking for a moment, Kimber rated as the number 105 prospect nationally and the number nine cornerback in the country for the class of 2020. And that's a guy that, as I said before, is in contention to start for Georgia here this year. By comparison, Turnage's numbers, his rankings as a part of the class of 2019, very much the same kind of thing. Number 102 uh, player overall in the country for the class of 2019 and the number 11 cornerback. So as a player, as a prospect, this is someone who's kind of of a similar vein to what Jalen Kimber was coming into the Georgia program. Has not played a ton for Alabama because of a, you know, redshirt year and then, you know, kind of dealing with some stuff, you know, kind of off the field there a little bit. So this is a guy that I think still has four years of eligibility left coming here to the University of Georgia but a big time prospect kind of all the way around what's also interesting is you know hasn't played a lot yet at Alabama also missed the entirety of his junior season in high school there I think it's Lafayette High School in Oxford Mississippi because of a Liz Frank injury so therefore kind of earned that Alabama scholarship offer on the basis of what he had put together as a sophomore so a sophomore in high school earned the Alabama you know, scholarship offer, kind of worked his way up the ranks, you know, top 100-level player as a part of the class of 2019, and that is a guy that George is adding here. To kind of dive a little deeper into what there is to like about him, and by the way, let me make sure I pay off and show you this, the uh, the Instagram image that, uh, that Brandon Turnage put out, looking good there in a Georgia uniform. I think most of us would all agree that trading in that crimson and cream or crimson and white, whatever it is that Alabama says they wear, for that good-looking pair of silver britches the red jersey, the red helmet. That is a big-time upgrade for Brandon Turnage from from uniform choice, certainly at the very least, looking good there in the Georgia red and black and sharing that on his personal Instagram about transferring there to the University of Georgia. Also, to give you a little bit more context about exactly who Turnage is, I went back into the archives of the media entity that covers Alabama. is called AL.com, big website, and they were doing some video work previewing, at the time, the signing class for Alabama 
in 2019. Obviously, Turnage was one of those guys. So they do a really nice video of Brandon Turnage kind of telling his story about why it was that he chose Alabama. And there are a couple of audio clips from this video I want to kind of play for you because I, I do think it gives you a little bit of insight into who Turnage is and why what Alabama once thought they were getting also now becomes a very valuable thing for Georgia here. And I think this is uh, pretty good stuff. First of all, listen to the reasons why Brandon Turnage, the latest Georgia transfer leaving Alabama to come to UGA, listen to the reasons why Turnage says that he wanted to go to Alabama. And tell me if that same mindset, that mentality, doesn't also translate pretty well to UGA here as well. This is Turnage going back to the end of his high school career back in 2019. I picked Alabama because I knew that I was going to have to work harder. It was going to be people in front of me, and that was going to push me to go harder. They can expect me to come in and work hard and be a big part of the winning at Alabama because I don't like to lose, and I, I love football, and I won't let them down. So good stuff there, I would say, from uh, Brandon Turnage saying, I don't like to lose. I knew if I came to a place like Alabama, I was going to be pushed. I was going to be challenged. So he likes all of that in terms of what he was going to get at the University of Alabama. And I think if you're a Georgia fan, that kind of mindset, the mentality to say, you know, I'm from Oxford, Mississippi. I've obviously got other SEC choices. I could go to a place like Ole Miss where the path may be a little easier. The challenge might not quite be so daunting. But instead, let me go to a place like Alabama. And by the way, think about what you take on your shoulders because we've seen this before when, you know, A.J. Brown, for instance, left Starkville, you know, high school in Starkville, Mississippi to go to Ole Miss. You know, when you are in one of these schools in one of these towns where an SEC school is located and you choose to go to a rival school, another school on that same schedule, oftentimes you have to have a pretty strong level of self-confidence to be able to do that. And that's exactly what Brandon Turnage did there, saying, I'm from Oxford, I could go to Ole Miss, the path towards playing time, the chance to be kind of the focal point of the defense, that path is a lot easier if I stay at home and go to a place like Ole Miss. Instead, though, let me go to a place like Alabama where I'm going to be challenged, I want to be a part of winning, I want to be a part of championships. You can say that it hasn't really worked out for him on the field there at Alabama, not finding that home on the field as of yet, and that's certainly a fair thing to point out. But the same mentality that led him to once choose Alabama coming out of high school says, when I'm looking for a transfer destination, let me also go to a place where nothing's going to be promised to me, where I'm going to have to earn everything that I'm going to get. And let me go out there and push really hard and try to get all that done. I think that's really good there from Brandon Turnage talking about the reasons why he chose University of Alabama. Also from that same video, though, Michael Fair, who was head coach for Turnage at Lafayette High School in Oxford, Mississippi, talking about what he had noticed and what he had liked about Turnage as a player, the level of commitment to trying to be the best that he could be that he showed back when he was a high school player back in Oxford, Mississippi. This is a really good first-person account of this from Fair of what he saw with his own eyes. And once again, if you're a Georgia fan, there's a lot to like about this account from Turnage kind of coming through the ranks there in high school, eventually on his way to Alabama before now finally arriving at the University of Georgia. This is Michael Fair, Turnage's high school coach. I will let everybody know kind of what they're getting with Brandon. A couple years ago, I came up to the school on Easter morning. Brandon was on the field. I said, Brandon, what's going on? Why are you at school? And uh, he said, Coach, I'm just getting a workout in. He said, you know, a lot of folks are, are planning on me doing well, and I'm going to prove them right. That's Brandon Turnage. A lot of folks are planning on me doing well, and I'm going to prove them right. Working hard on Easter Sunday many years ago, trying to be 
as good as he possibly can be. So clearly, it is fairly easy to sell Brandon Turnage as an addition to the Georgia roster, someone who's kind of been, you know, sort of top 100 level recruit coming out of high school, a player good enough to earn a scholarship at Alabama, and now looking for a football home here at the University of Georgia. Very easy to celebrate this as a big win for the dogs. And when I think about this as a Georgia fan, which I am, kind of how I kind of view this, I sort of think about this more within the context of this is like Georgia getting a big recruiting win, more so than the way we typically celebrate the big transfer arrival at Georgia. To me, this feels a little bit more like a big addition to a recruiting class, more so than that transfer addition, because while there is a lot to say that Turnage is, I guess the one thing I would say that he probably isn't right now, and this is also fair to point out the other side of the same coin, fair to point out this is not a plug-and-play starter necessarily, the way that, say, Tyke Smith might be. When we first heard that Smith was leaving West Virginia and coming to Georgia, obviously, you know, given his All-American credentials, he was all over the field a year ago for West Virginia, high-level performer for a defense that actually did really well in the Big 12 a year ago. When he announces his transfer, as, exper- as experienced as he was, it becomes very easy to imagine, okay, for Georgia that's essentially in five defensive back you know, coverage all the time, a guy like Tyke Smith ends up being kind of a plug-and-play guy, very easy to imagine. He steps onto the field almost right away, and you kind of know what you're getting from a veteran contributor. In the case of Turnage, because he has played so little for Alabama, only played a small handful of games a year ago, because he's played so little for Alabama, at that point in time, you're talking about someone who's competing alongside other players for some of that valuable playing time that is available. Whether it be the veteran guy like Amir Speed on the one side of the cornerback spot, the, you know, competition that you think might be ongoing between, like, say, Akili Ringo, Jalen Kimber on that other cornerback spot. All of a sudden, now Turnage is inserted in that competition because, after all, he did go to Alabama as a safety, but I guess the word on the street is coming to Georgia at least to begin with there as a cornerback, that he becomes a part of this competition in the mix for playing time, but not someone that you would have any reason to say has a leg up on anybody else that Georgia has. He's just another talented player that hasn't quite yet gotten the level of playing time that he'd probably like to get. So that's what it isn't. It isn't plug-and-play, guaranteed starter. It is, though, big-time prospect. And if you want to think about this in terms of a couple other things, you know, Georgia plays you know, a lot of the time with five defense backs, it's become more and more common to be in, you know, more and more common to be in that kind of dime package where you have a sixth defensive back on the field. All of a sudden, Turnage becomes a guy that could do that. You can think about him as a replacement for Major Burns, who recently announced his transfer away from the University of Georgia. Burns, a talented guy that helps contribute to your depth and a little bit versatile in how he can be used. Turnage kind of feels a little bit like that there as well. So it's all good news for Georgia and the fact that you add a turnage into the mix, but not necessarily what it is when you bring in a guy like Tyke Smith, who you kind of automatically know the role that he's going to fill, and you feel pretty good about saying right away he's going to be a starter. So therefore, I guess the final takeaway on all of this is, given the fact that we believe that Georgia's got a couple of other scholarships to play with, maybe at least one more scholarship to play with in terms of what it can bring in here, 
I guess there's a chance that UGA is still not quite done looking for transfer defensive backs, whether it's a Darian Kendrick, a name we've mentioned before, or somebody else that sort of pops up in the portal eventually. Maybe Georgia is still looking around here because Georgia needs more experience at cornerback. And while Turnage provides the athleticism and a lot of impressive, you know, athletic credentials, not necessarily filling that need for for experience here at the moment. So celebrate this as a big addition. Georgia's roster is better because Turnage is here. But Turnage, I would say, is not any more favored to start or, or earn significant playing time than the cornerbacks that Georgia already had. However, the competition does get more interesting now that he's here. A player who earned some big-time credentials you know, in Oxford, Mississippi, a pretty good spot for high school football, earned a scholarship to Alabama, now looking for a new football home. He arrives at Georgia, and uh, justifiably, UGA fans both uh, enjoying this and curious about what it may mean for the dogs later on this summer when they get back on the practice field. My name is Brandon Adams and this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans presented today by Pella Window and Door of Georgia. Great to have you with us no matter how you get to us today, live on video, 10 a.m., Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, or on the radio at noon on Athens Sports Radio 960 The Ref, and we are available as a podcast wherever you find them, including the world-famous dognation.com. Really glad to have you with us, and a big thanks to our friends at Pella Window and Door of Georgia for making it all possible. You know, Pella Window and Door of Georgia can help equip your house with energy-efficient windows and doors. Let me tell you something, that's a good thing. This is the time of year when air conditionings are running overdrive and you want yours to help keep you and your family cool. That means you got to keep it inside the house. That's what Pella Window and Door of Georgia is good at. They're good at keeping the stuff on the inside of the house where it's supposed to be on the inside, not creeping out to the outside where you end up wasting and not getting good use out of it. Also, this is bug season. Uh, the good thing about you know uh, windows and doors is they keep all those like bugs and things like that on the outside of the house where they're supposed to be. Uh, so Pella Window and Door of Georgia, great company to know this time of year and great chance for you to start thinking about some of those better windows and doors. Make your house look better on the outside there as well. So set up that consultation with our friends over there at Pella. It's, a, it's, it's free, the initial consultation. They'll talk you through the installation process. They'll talk you through all the options that are available to you. And they'll set you up for just a great experience. Also great offer right now as well. Currently 10% off your entire project or 0% APR for 24 months. Great, great savings there. A couple of ways to get in touch, 678-638-1496. That's 678-638-1496, or go to PellaofGA.com slash DogNation. That's PellaofGA.com slash DogNation. I'm going to give you an update on the Braves here coming up in a moment, and we'll talk to John Stinchcomb there as well. Before that, though, let's go around the doghouse, assisted today here by our friends at AAA. And, of course, great to have them back with us as we do this here. And we'll keep the uh, big news going in relationship to Georgia, who also added a commitment for the class of 2023. It is Marcus Washington Jr. His father, Marcus Washington, as many of you are also aware, was a letterman at Georgia uh, a few years ago. And all of a sudden now, to make all of us feel pretty old here to see Washington's son now getting a chance to commit to UGA. Washington had a nice thing that he put out there on Twitter about this, about his decision to choose Georgia. He says, th- say, thanking all the coaches and schools who offered uh, a chance to continue his football career, but excited to announce that he's committing to UGA and he can't wait to get to Athens. And I love the hashtag that Washington Jr. uses here, hashtag legacy dog. I love this kind of stuff. I I, I do love, and I I know it, y'all. I mean, I can be a a little bit of a hypocrite about stuff like this because when Georgia goes out and gets the national recruit who doesn't have much of a tie to UGA, I, I like that a lot too. 
But when Georgia can add, and there's something about as a fan, and you know many of us obviously are fans of this team, there's something about as a fan when you can root for a guy that you know has great affection for the city of Athens, the University of Georgia, the the program who does view himself as the continuation of a legacy because his father played at Georgia. There is something about that that I have to say that is really, really fun. Uh, Marcus Washington Jr. gave a great quote to Jeff Sintel about this at dognation.com about how he kind of feels about the program. He says, it's really a home for me. I've lived down in Athens for most of my life. Coach Jamila Dye belie- believes in my ability to play corner at the next level, and I believe that corner would be the best fit. He says, the SEC is the best of the best. You're going to compete for national championships each year so not only does Washington Jr. uh you see the quote there from Marcus Washington Jr. via Dog Nation not only does uh Washington obviously you know kind of see the hometown feel or the the legacy field the, the school that his dad you know coached at but he also kind of sees that connection to George beyond that what he thinks that Jamal Dye is going to be able to do as a, as a defensive backs coach and obviously the fact that George is now playing at the highest level also kind of a cool thing to note that that George's interest in Adai's interest in Washington kind of also predates his understanding that his dad had even played at UGA there as well so this is one of those things that feels like a very perfect match all the way around but it sounds like Georgia kind of got in, or at least uh, in Adai's case given the fact he just kind of arrived on the scene here got interested in Washington before he realized that Washington was a UGA legacy and obviously for Marcus Washington Jr. He likes Georgia beyond just the fact that his dad played there. Really feel good on both sides of this. And listen, if you're a Georgia fan, you definitely feel good about this. Georgia now, according to the 24-7 Sports Composite Team Ranking, has the number one class for the class of 2022 and now sits as the number one class for the for the class of 2023 there as well. Just a huge level of recruiting momentum for the dogs right now. A great, great thing to be able to see. That is Around the Doghouse, assisted today by our friends at AAA. And, of course, when you think about AAA, you think about legendary roadside assistance. But also, I want you to think about AAA when it comes to auto insurance there as well. They can offer you big savings on that. You can save an average of $529 when you switch and save today. So check out this website. It's AAA.com slash auto insurance. That's AAA.com slash auto insurance for a lot more on that. All right, we've got a lot to do on today's program. There's actually kind of a wild scene in the SEC this weekend involving two teams that we don't normally think about as rivals, but they kind of got into it a little bit over the weekend, so we will tell you about that and cover a lot of ground here today. It is Dog Nation Daily, presented by Palo Endo and Door of Georgia. I'll give you an update on the Brave situation also before we're done here, too. For those of you that want to get involved, get your tickets there for that. We'll take care of all of that, but for now, on everything going on around UGA, transfer edition, uh, 2023 commit, uh, really fun weekend also for Georgia wide receiver too. Let's cover all that ground right now. It is John Stinchcomb here on Dog Nation Daily, presented by Palo Endo and Door of Georgia. Great to have all of you with us today. From Athens and across the SEC or wherever the recruiting trail may lead, here's a DogNation.com insider. And, of course, it's uh, great to have John Stinchcomb. Wouldn't be a Monday around here without him. Always uh, great to be able to, you know, get into everything going on around UGA. And there's a lot to cover here today. John, let me begin, though, where I just was. I know you're like me. I mean, to be honest with you, I've probably always kind of been this way. But as I get older, I just get more and more. I'm like a sentimental old fool, to be honest with you. I just get more and more, mm-hmm. you know, sentimental about certain things. And I just love the idea of – you know, a, a son of a, of a guy who played at Georgia, excited also about coming to play at Georgia. I like it when UGA gets national recruits as well who come here simply because they think it's kind of the cool school to be at. I like that too. But there is something fun about rooting for a guy whose roots run deep at a place like UGA, and that certainly seems to be the case with Marcus Washington Jr., does it not? 
Yeah, I'm fired up for them. Fired up for the family, fired up for Georgia, because uh, there's so many wins with this story. Not only is it a legacy, but you talk about a talented up-and-comer that uh, any team would be thrilled to have. And I I think that's what the challenge is, right? Every program would love to keep the lineages strong, but uh, Georgia is a national recruiter, and you're looking for the best across the country. So uh, Marcus Washington Jr. can hang his hat on the fact that um, he's being recruited and and commits to a school that, that wants him for who he is as a player and and not just because of the the family bloodline. And uh, it just makes it that much better of a story that he's a legacy. You mentioned one time before on our show, and I know this is not like a second generation type thing. It's within the same generation, but because your brother had been at UGA and obviously Matt was terrific offensive lineman that you would maybe consider, maybe I need to chart my own course and, and go somewhere else just, you know, because sometimes that's what brothers want to do, but ultimately you end up there at George there as well. I can only imagine how proud that must have been for your parents to be able to say, hey, you know, two sons playing at the University of Georgia and, you know, be able to sort of celebrate that again a couple of years after they did that for Matt. I can only imagine what a proud moment that must have been for a family when you're able to kind of, you know, put two offensive linemen sons into a program level like that. Well, I I have told this story uh, multiple times and people laugh thinking that I'm joking when I say it, but... When I was being recruited, my mom said, you can go wherever you want to go. Whatever school you want to look at, um, you're, you're welcome to go. But I'm only going to drive you to Athens. So uh, <laughs> it, was, it was pretty clear where, where her allegiance lied. Uh, but it, it, was, uh, it was certainly a fun experience to kind of look around. And I, I'd encourage any player to make sure it's the right fit for you. Um, and, and especially when there's family ties, what might have been a great situation, um, and this was the, the take that I was uh, on when Matt, it was a great fit in Athens for him, and I, I wanted to make sure that I, I was looking for the best opportunity for me and, and what my course was going to be, and it just so happens, thankfully, that, uh, that Georgia was by far uh, the leader in that race and, and turned out to be a great decision. Well, I think the other thing to point out here, too, about you know Washington, really anybody like this is, I mean, obviously, it seems like what's sort of a you know foregone conclusion that you know if your dad played at Georgia, you get a chance to you know do the same thing. But I mean, you know, Washington's got to put that work in you know himself to you know be able to go out there and do that. This is not just one of those things of hey, you throw a scholarship spot towards somebody because his dad happened to wear this uniform. That's not quite the way that works out there on that. As you said before, in the eyes of Jamal Adai or whomever else, you know, he's got to go out there and earn that as if he has no legacy. Because the fact of the matter is. I think in Adai's case, he sort of showed up here, maybe not even really necessarily knowing that 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 you know Marcus Senior had played at Georgia. Yeah, and and, and I think that's a good thing. Um, you know, there's been hurt feelings over the years. I'm sure I, I know of instances uh, personally that have been shared with me, and I'm sure there's many more where family members kind of get their feelings hurt because they're son or nephew or stepchild or whatever that relationship is wasn't recruited to their school specifically georgia um and and they are getting opportunities elsewhere and you know it's it's one of those challenging situations and i'm sure the staff in athens is aware of that that um you know you you want to honor those 
relationships and, and dedication and, and commitment that members of a family have given to the University of Georgia. And at the end of the day, you also have to recognize that you're trying to get the very best, what is it, on average, 25 players in your recruiting class that you can possibly uh, bring to campus and, and fill the needs that you have on your roster. So um, when you when you blend those two at times, it can be a, a difficult decision and difficult discussion that you have. And with Coach Smart having played here and being that generation, I'm sure you're you're looking at a lot of former teammates for him. Obviously, Marcus Washington came senior, came after Kirby, but uh, he's not the first former Georgia player to have offspring that are uh, recruit eligible that very well could have been former teammates of, of Kirby. So let me talk about Brandon Turnage, defensive back, leaves Alabama, comes to UGA here. As I said before you joined us today, John, I think there's a lot to like about Turnage. This is a pretty clearly a high-level prospect, you know, top 100 type guy, you know, essentially a top 10 defensive back nationally for the class of 2019. There's no doubt that the Georgia roster is better because he's a part of it. And Georgia obviously had the scholarship to play with here. The one thing that it does not appear to be, though, to me, is similar to the Tyke Smith situation where you think Smith, because he's played so much and played last year at such a high level for West Virginia, kind of slides in as a as a plug-and-play type starter as a nickelback to, because Georgia essentially plays you know five defensive backs the majority of the time. That turnage, a lot less experience, does not quite feel like that to me. He feels like a guy who's here to compete for playing time alongside some other talented, get inexperienced players. Is that kind of your read on the turnage situation there as well? It is, and it makes sense for both parties. It makes sense for Georgia, and it makes sense for turnage. I, I think turnage... Um, after hearing that he's transferring to Georgia, I'm probably not alone in doing a little more research on, on who he is and, and what his situation was in Alabama that led him to this opportunity um, and, and what's the draw there. I think instantaneously the draw is that you, you have a, a position group that there is still question marks uh, from the Georgia side and you have an opportunity to get uh, one of the – better trained athletes coming from a program that uh, you know is competing at a high level, um, and you, you get to add him into your, your position group. And for Turnage, he, he sees the opportunity of uh, four drafted secondary players for Georgia um, and, and no very clear uh, heir apparent, and he can fit in a conversation that um, – is presents a much better opportunity than what he was having in Alabama. And that's not a condemnation of, of what we have at Georgia, but it just it seems like a really good fit. And I think that it's also insight into how Georgia is going to use the transfer portal. Uh, you look at the Tyke uh, Smith transfer as well as this Turnage transfer, and you see a position of need and two high-level, uh, very promising uh, prospects in their own regard that you can add to your roster and you know we're in May and you were just able to really upgrade uh, in a position of need so that's exciting to see as, as this world of transfers kind of plays itself out and, and uh, defines itself as to how Georgia's going to engage with it. I said uh, a few minutes ago that I almost view this as more a big recruiting win for Georgia than I do the way that I would 
typically think of a transfer edition where you're getting a guy who's something close to a finished product you know pro- product in, in this case I think turnage is you know not quite as polished as that however I guess the one thing that argues against that is the idea that he has spent a lot of time going through Alabama practices and others have pointed out that Alabama defense isn't dissimilar to what's happening here at Georgia both in terms of the expectations for the players who play in it and the overall scheme itself so from that standpoint while you know he may be in terms of actual playing time inexperienced the practices that he that he has been through John how valuable do you think those are I think it's big I think it's really big as a as a an experienced player um in, in at least on the the practice field think of the wide receivers that he's gone up against wow um yeah. you talk about top level high high performing individuals he's seen them and uh, if, if nothing else, Alabama has uh, continued to churn out a competitive team and, and players that have found individual success. So to have a background of being surrounded by teammates that you know are competing and pushing, um, I think that's a, a guy that you would absolutely want in your room uh, as you're trying to create that very same culture. And, and probably that's the standard that, uh, I believe Georgia has is that it's going to be competitive and we're going to push each other. And, and all reports say that the, the practices in Athens are, are some of the hardest in, in college football. And it's because uh, of the competition and the push from each player uh, to their teammates. And that's a, that's a very positive situation to be in is uh, your iron sharpens iron and they're getting after it. So coming from a similar program that holds that high standard of, of what it looks like in practice, I, I think will bode well for his transition to, to the Georgia's the Georgia way. And I sort of get the impression that, you know, you obviously add a guy like Turnage, but you know, at least the best count, you know, kind of have here. And a lot of this stuff is sort of unofficial, obviously, because you're, can never be quite sure what, what the actual numbers behind the scenes are. And we certainly know that George is going to do everything he can to maximize the potential of the 85 scholarship spots, roster spots that it gets. You sort of get the impression that UGA may still not quite be done with this transfer portal, whether it's looking for a, another defensive back. That would be a third transfer edition, by the way, if another one comes that has a little bit more experience or maybe it's something in another position there as well. It seems like we might not quite yet be done at least talking about the possibility of Georgia adding transfer guys here here this offseason, you at least can't eliminate that possibility yet, I would say. Now, if, you, if you've got a spot, you're always trying to see what's the best option, what, what, what can help our team. I don't think you have to force it, uh, but you're certainly aware of what, what your needs are, where the development is, and what opportunities exist. Who's in the portal? You need to know uh, what's out there for you. And, can you, can you create a vision for this player on your team? Um, that's something that uh, really is more of an NFL concept than, than what's been known in the college world. But um, when you get these transfer, transfer portals, and, and this is a part of college football now, you have to know what, what's out there, what, what, uh, what are those opportunities, and can you create a vision for a player and how they fit in your system and what your needs. So I think that's one of those things that, uh, you know, it, as, as the landscape of college football changes, we'll have to be more aware of the Georgia approach to the transfer portal and 
what it looks like. But if there's a if there's an opportunity, I'm sure they are going to pursue uh, ways to to make the roster better and give them chances to win. That's that's not unique. I think what's unique is the fact that um, now this can happen in May, in June, even as you get ready for this season, where. You know, that was never really an option before of adding players so late in the game. There was a big weekend performance over the weekend from Georgia wide receiver Arian Smith. I want to get to that here in just a moment. Before that, though, here, uh, John, if you don't mind me pressing pause in the conversation just for a moment, because I do want to give people an update on, obviously, everything going on with our big weekend coming up with the Atlanta Braves. First of all, May in the A continues at Truist Park. Obviously, big series getting ready to get going with the New York Mets. That's tonight. Then you head into alumni weekend after that. Uh, going to be a great time all the way around. And, of course, our event kind of kicks off Alumni Weekend on Friday. That's Friday, May 21st. That's coming up for our big Dog Nation Days of Summer event there. Now, let me just say this here really quick, and I'll kind of remind you once again what all is included. Some of you have reached out to me on Twitter to say that you have gone to the website braves.com slash dognation, and you've been told that it's sold out. Obviously, the thing that would be sold out is not the Braves game itself, although it may be eventually, but this is our specific event here. And the reason why there's a limit on tickets is because we are in the Terrapin Tap Room. There's a space that we have kind of upstairs for that. There's, you know, we're limited on that space. We're limited on the Fox Brothers barbecue dinner and things like that. But what I've been told, though, is, is that we're going to remove the cap on that right now and have room for a few more. So if you've been told it was sold out, we are adding some more space. We're going to, as they used to say on the old pro wrestling broadcast, we're going to move some camera positions around to make room for a few more tickets so we're going to be able to do this it's a dog nation let me, let me see the website once again go to braves.com slash dog nation to buy your tickets if you have trouble if something's not quite you know if, if it still says sold out do this use the email address some of you've already used this to get tickets anyway info at dognation.com hit us up on that info at dognation.com to find out about that if if the website says it's sold out but you can buy your tickets braves.com slash dog nation just 77 per person uh, it includes a lower level diamond corner ticket that night for the Braves and the Pirates chance to win gift cards from Terrapin Tap Room. that's the place we're going to be hanging out uh, Braves signed baseballs future Braves tickets we're going to be uh, uh, you know drawing and giving away some of that everybody who comes getting some Dog Nation swag as I said before it's dinner from Fox Brothers Barbecue it's uh, some Terrapin beer you get three drink tickets there for that big Dog Nation reception beginning at 4pm it's all just $77 Braves.com slash Dog Nation that's Braves.com slash Dog Nation all also, if, it, if they tell you it's sold out, info at dognation.com. Go there. You can find out more about that. Does that all make sense? Does anybody have any questions about that? Uh, just hit, hit me up, info at dognation.com if you have an issue, or braves.com slash dognation. Get your tickets. And don't forget, beyond just us on Friday, Alumni Weekend is going to be a huge thing. There's special parade. There are Q&A sessions with former Braves players. Uh, it's just a great time all the way around. May in the A. Uh, Truist Park is back to full capacity again. Everybody's having a good time. Of course, you got the MV Free, Freddie Freeman bobblehead coming up this weekend there too. Getting going with the Mets here this week, then the Pirates on the weekend. Going to be a great time. Uh, go to uh, Braves.com slash tickets. You can learn more about that. Or Braves.com slash Dog Nation to be with us for the big event on Friday. And hopefully, I know that's a lot of information, hopefully that all made a uh, bunch of sense. John, did that make sense what I just said? Were you able to follow that? Because uh, that was a lot of yeah, details. Yeah, buddy. I I'm tracking with you. I think it's uh, it's always. I was fired up when I when I heard about the opportunity, and it seems like there's a lot more than just baseball tickets that go into that package. No so doubt. 
more opportunity for more folks to, to get involved sounds really good to me. Yeah, it's going to be a good time. Something else that sounds really good to me, and John, I do realize there's more to playing the wide receiver position than just speed, but I'll show our audience mm-hmm. on video this incredible performance of Arian Smith running with the UGA track and field team. What an amazing uh, number he goes out there and posts. We'll show this to folks and give them a uh, chance to see that. And, John, as as we kind of put that on display there, uh, how impressive, first of all, Matthew Bowles Bowling drops a nine nine seven, and then Arian Smith comes in and does a ten one eight in the hundred meter. There, amazing, amazing. First of all, I mean Matthew Bowling's Olympic fast; he's world class speedster. And you know uh, the the, the Arian Smith time in comparison with that, you kind of just realize how quickly. Uh, you know, Smith is moving when he, when he does all this. I'm not a track expert. I won't pretend to be, but I know that's really, really fast, no matter how much wind there might have been. So pretty impressive there for Arian Smith and a valuable weapon for UGA later this fall, I'm assuming. Absolutely. It is so impressive because this is, I mean, you, both the folks on that track team, uh, really on any track team across the country, that's what they're doing on a daily basis. They're trying to refine their technique, getting out of the blocks, and Arian's at football practice and, and working out and, and with the rest of the team. So the fact that he has that ability to uh, do both, to compete at a, such a high level, uh, ten sub-10, 200 meters, I mean, come on, the guy's flying. And now how does that translate to the, to the football field? Oh, look at the value people place on the 40-yard dash. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, there have been players before that – you know, haven't really produced all that much uh, on the football field, but still get an opportunity just because they're they're so fast. And um, I, I think Arian is, is more than just that straight line speedster. I think we saw just flashes of it uh, at times, uh, and and we're going to see so much more because really that's something that you just can't coach. I mean, you can't coach a guy to to be. Uh, a, a 10 one eight hundred meter guy. Um, it just gives you so much more opportunities and puts such such a stress on that cornerback and really the overtop safety. It creates opportunities not for yourself, as, uh, just as much as it will for everybody else in that uh, receiving room. So it all it always helps to have a guy that can stretch the field. I know on the, on the teams we've had, just to have somebody that. You can look to and, and get over the top. Uh, it's, a, it's a big piece that any team wants. And uh, with speed like that, I think Georgia's got that box checked. And I would say that, you know, because Smith kind of brings that to the table in a way that maybe right now other Georgia receivers kind of don't. I know D-Rob's also a pretty fast guy as well, but I don't know if anybody on the Georgia roster right now is in the category of Smith on that. His speed does more than just help him, right? Because if you're a you know defensive back or a defensive coordinator, and given the fact that he's going to be running that deep route, that nine route, and you know pulling a defensive back with him deep down the field, all of a sudden the room to work underneath, all of a sudden that becomes much more expansive. And I can really see extra catches coming the way of other Georgia wide receivers because of the fact there's so much attention that has to be paid to what Arian Smith is going to be doing. Oh, yeah. You have to have a field stretcher. You have to be able to pull those safeties high. It creates space in underneath. It creates space in the middle. And it makes a big difference. If you don't have somebody that can uh, at least threaten that deep ball, then they just start compressing on all your short and mid-level throws, and there's not the passing lanes. I, I, 
every team that wants to uh, throw the ball around, which that's the way the game has gone, uh, you have to have somebody that can get those safeties and lift the top of that defense. And uh, it takes speed to do it. And, and obviously, Arian Smith's got a nice little role that he can carve out for himself uh, just based on his speed alone. Well, John, I certainly appreciate you being here with us on uh, Dog Nation Daily, presented by Palo Endo and Door of Georgia today. It's always great to get a chance to talk to you. Your insight on Georgia is very valuable. Hope you are getting ready to enjoy a great summer here. And, of course, we'll look forward to speaking to you again next week on our program as well. Hey, I love the fact that we've got some good storylines in the middle of May uh, to talk Georgia football. So that makes it fun. Always a great time, John. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Let's take a look around the rest of the league. This is SEC Through. All right, so I'm doing like 17 different things while John's on the phone with us there, and I apologize for that. But I guess some of the YouTube commenters, and Michael, I don't know if there's any insight that you might have on this, but some of the YouTube commenters are saying that we're having audio issues on YouTube. I have gone over to Facebook to see how they're experiencing things. They seem to be saying there's no issue over there. So some YouTube folks are saying they're having a little bit of an audio issue there. Um, I'll obviously take a look at the audio file after the show is done today because I'll post the podcast, and so I'll, I'll see if anything shows up with that. But, Michael, if there's uh, any insight that you might be able to provide on that, sounds like we're having a little bit of an issue, audio kind of fading in and out on YouTube. So we'll pay attention to that. That does not seem to be an issue on Facebook, but for those of you who are having those YouTube issues, obviously I certainly uh, – maybe people are having that issue on Facebook there as well. They've just been um, – They've just been suspended. I know there's been some Facebook commenting issues that kind of popped up here. Um, so uh, I guess a couple people have said, Michael said you can refresh the page and maybe it'll go away. Some people have said they have refreshed the page and it has not gone away. But I guess sometimes we have an audio issue on YouTube. You can refresh that page. So obviously we will see how that goes. And I certainly apologize uh, for that. So try the refresh thing, see if it works. And if not, I'll take a look at the audio file after the show. But I know that's frustrating, and obviously we want to work really hard to make those interruptions and irritations as limited and as infrequent as possible. So for those of you checking in and being a part of all that, I really appreciate it. Refresh it, see how it goes, and uh, let me know. And if not, we'll uh, have the podcast up and running later on, and we'll make sure we have pristine audio quality for that if you miss any portion of today's show. Let me also just say this really quick about Arian Smith. I think it's really important to know that Smith is more than just – you know, like, you've seen, like, track guy before who, you know, goes and, you know, tries to have, you know, a, a go at it at football, and sometimes it works out, sometimes it quite, you know, kind of doesn't. Arian Smith has a lot more than that. I mean, in the Smart era as Georgia coach, Smart has only signed four receivers who were, you know, composite rank within the top ten of that position group for their various recruiting cycles. George Pickens, it's Dominic Blaylock, it's Marcus Rosemey Jackson, and it's Arian Smith. Those are the only four top ten receivers that Georgia has signed. And also, by the way, for the at least the at this point today in the 2021 football calendar, Smith is the only one of those who I think you would say is fully healthy and ready to go right now. You're hopeful on Blaylock and Rosemey Jackson, but but there are, you know, some injuries with with three of the other four top ten receivers that Georgia signed. So keep that in mind here that in addition to being someone fast enough to run track and, you know, keep pace in an SEC level, 100-meter type situation, uh, Smith is also someone who brings some real credentials to the table with him. I do expect him to be a big part of the Georgia offense, and as I said to John a moment ago, 
This is someone who makes the job of every other Georgia wide receiver a little easier because of the attention he pulls away from defenses because he is just so fast, and that is just such a dynamic weapon. All right, real quickly here before we dive into the rest of our SEC through, let me shout out to my friends at secondchance.law. You know, they do something that's really cool because, let's face it, for some people that have criminal history, listen, people mess up, things happen. We're not judgmental around here. We love second chances, and we love the fact that right now Georgia law provides an opportunity for second chances. In some case, you can get a criminal conviction restricted off your record, which could improve your chances for a better job or a better place to live. You know, a lot of things that can be impacted by that. But like a lot of things with the law, it is very, very confusing. So secondchance.law has created an invaluable service, a free online quiz. And by answering the quiz, the questions on this quiz, you can determine your eligibility for the uh, program now available in the state of Georgia. Very, very simple. And if you're not quite ready to, to be eligible, secondchance.law can explain to you how you can get that way. So please check out my friends at secondchance.law. That's the website, secondchance.law. And you can learn your uh, availability and eligibility for this great program from our state. Of course, one of the partners, former Redcoat uh, band member, two-time UGA graduate, double dog as we call them. Also longtime listener to Dog Nation Daily. So when you do business with secondchance.law, you're also doing business with good dog people there as well. So check them out today, secondchance.law. All right, let's roll through and do a, a very quick version of our SEC through since I spend so much time talking about Arian Smith. First of all, let me just say this kind of pound for pound. I think one of the most enjoyable sports for me over the course of the last couple of years has been SEC baseball. Now, it wasn't great for the, Di the Diamond Dogs on the weekend, losing two of three to the Florida Gators. There's all these Florida fans coming out of the woodworks on Twitter for me anytime Florida beats Georgia. So I took a little grief for that over the weekend. But, you know, there, there are a lot of sports in life that I kind of watch less than I used to. I just don't have time. I would say that SEC baseball is one of those sports that I watch a lot more now than I did five or ten years ago. A lot more. The SEC network has made watching and following the sport so much be better and easier. All the games are there on video. My friends over at 960, the ref, do a great job with broadcasting the 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 radio version of the Diamond Dogs. Dave uh, uh, Johnson, Jeff Dancer do a great job with, with all of that. But it's actually, for me, not even just UGA. The series this weekend in Knoxville between Tennessee and Arkansas, great drama there. You had the Vols fans filling the stadium. They do the checkerboard thing, walk-off home run on Friday night. You come back and have you know pretty contentious series. Then even had the two teams had to be separated yesterday. SEC baseball is good stuff right now, and there was another great series for that over the weekend uh, with Arkansas and Tennessee. Even if you know it didn't quite work out with the Diamond Dogs down in Gainesville the way you would have liked, this is still a sport that delivers every single weekend when these teams get together. Uh, by the way, there was an FCS national champion crowned over the weekend. Sam Houston State wins its first national championship. I think a lot of people seem to like the spring version of the sport. I actually probably watched less of it than I thought I would. When I first heard that FCS football would take place during the spring, I thought, well, I'll be watching a bunch of that. But I just I just don't have time. I'm just running around. My daughter's playing soccer. My son's playing baseball. That doesn't make me any different than anybody else. Everybody's doing the same thing. But I just am not home much on the spring. As I said before, I'm watching more baseball than I used to. So there's just not there's just not a lot of, a lot of TV viewing eyes left to go around. I did not watch Sam Houston State. I uh, did not watch much FCS this spring. But a lot of folks really seem to be really really seem to like that. Uh, Tommy Bush, by the way, finds a new home. This is not SEC related, but we'll make it our SEC through. Heading for the mean green of North Texas. And I think that, listen, obviously Tommy was always one of those guys that got a lot of chatter in our comment sections because you see the, you know, the photo of him right there wearing the North Texas uniform. I mean, he looks like a guy that ought to be a big-time player and obviously came out of the state of Texas, an exciting addition to the Georgia class when he first arrived. There are a lot of folks who would love to have him. 
and would have loved to seen him kind of fulfill all that potential at the University of Georgia. That's not going to work out. He's on his way to North Texas. Y'all have heard me be skeptical of the transfer portal before. This is one of those things where this is exactly what it should be. It should be for a guy who hasn't quite yet found a home on the field to kind of go out there and get a chance to thrive back in his home state of Texas. You've got to imagine that he's going to enjoy all of that. I really wish him well. I hope it works out great for him because he deserves a chance to play, and it sounds like North Texas is going to give him that opportunity. So well wishes there. Let me just recap this really quick before we get ready to say goodbye there as well. I told you before about the big, big week for the Braves, hosting the Mets, getting ready for the Pirates this weekend, Alumni Weekend. As I said before, if you've tried to get tickets at Braves.com slash Dog Nation for our huge event on Friday – and you have been told they were not available, go to the email address, info at dognation.com, and say, hey, they told me it was sold out. BA said there may be a few tickets left. Do that there, and we might be able to get something done for you there. So check that out. It's going to be an amazing time. Fox Brothers Barbecue Dinner, uh, big meet and greet Q&A, a lot of the Dog Nation team going to be on hand. Uh, we're going to have uh, you know Terrapin beer. You get three drink tickets. That's a really cool thing. We're going to give away Dog Nation stuff. You're going to have a chance to win. Brave signed baseballs, future Braves tickets, gift cards to the Terrapin Tap Room. That's where the event's taking place there. It starts at 4 p.m. there that day. And we're all going to the Braves game there that night as a part of Alumni Weekend. The lower-level Diamond Corner tickets, we're all sitting there together. As I said before, tickets are just $77, and there should still be some left. So check them, check that out. And, of course, all weekend long as the uh, May and the A continues for the Braves with a big, big fun uh, week of games. Our event on Friday, and of course, Alumni Weekend against the Pirates going on all that time there as well. So uh, let me know if you've got any questions about that. Let me also get ready to uh, wrap up our show in style here today with a really fun golden shoe. Uh, I saw this over the weekend. Some of y'all sent it to me there as well. In fact, let me honor uh, Skyler here on, on Twitter. It's at uh, SWDean88 on Twitter. Skyler uh, sharing... So Braun Strowman notices Ben Cleveland showing up for a day one of rookie minicamp for the Baltimore Ravens. Cleveland looks great in that Ravens uniform, by the way. And WWE superstar Braun Strowman, the monster among men, who, by the way, put on a show last night at WrestleMania Backlash in the uh, triple threat match along with uh, Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley. Uh, Strowman was great in that match last night. Uh, Strowman uh, also noticing the resemblance with he and Ben Cleveland. Very funny stuff from Braun and a great job by Skyler, today's Golden Shoe winner. Also, Gator Hater Countdown as we say goodbye to you. How about 166 days from now? Georgia beats Florida. We will see you tomorrow. Dog Nation Daily presented by Pella Window and Door. And on the podcast, time now for our R.S. Andrews podcast, Cool Down. Of course, appreciate all of you being with us there for that. Find them online at rsandrews.com. If you're air conditioning, if you're worried it's not going to be able to make it through the summer that's on its way, let's face it, some of these things get on their last legs. We'll get it back to life, uh, back to factory fresh specs with a, a big-time tune-up from our friends at R.S. Andrews. Find them online at rsandrews.com. A couple of comments here on both Facebook and YouTube. Actually, that's not what we do here. That's the video side of things. Um, video is Facebook and YouTube. This, you can hit me up on Twitter at Dog Nation Daily. I'll read your comments from that. Or on the podcast post at dognation.com, you can be a part of that that way. By the way, how about this from Mark Morris, who's going to be a part of our big event coming up on Friday? He's just actually driving up from the villages. Boy, talk about a fun place to live. That seemed like a really great place to live. He actually says he just moved there from Anna Maria Island. 
Uh, boy, Mark is living well, uh, and he's uh, on his way. He says he's bringing his brother from Swanee. He's going to be a part of our Dog Nation Days of Summer event on Friday. That's going to be a great, great time. Right? Uh, Mark, can't wait to see you there. Uh, good stuff all the way around on that. And i got to tell you something. If you're hanging out there, if you move from Anna Marie Island to the villages and you're you're living well there, then you are living well for sure. That is a great thing to be able to see. Uh, William Perry also mentioned this on Twitter. For the Vols fans who are kind of complaining about Henry Toto going from Tennessee to Alabama, they may have been saying a different thing a year ago when Cade Mays was leaving Georgia to go to Tennessee, and that is, that is probably true. That is probably true. Uh, probably true all the way around. He also mentioned something about the new Pac-12 commissioner. Yeah, certainly the Pac-12 reaching kind of deep into the – bag of tricks here you know bringing in somebody that does not have a lot of administration experience in college sports but obviously a well-known casino executive there so we'll see how that impacts the future of the pac-12 all the way around also dog breath 40 over here on the uh, comment section at dognation.com weighing in we had a cover four thing at the site the other day talking about you know big takeaway from g-day things like that dog breath still a little concerned about that georgia offensive line he says all those names on the list with offensive linemen looks like the Georgia offensive line, he says, still needs a ton of work. First team gave up six-plus sacks. That's not a good sign for the future. He means on G-Day. Better shore it up. It's going to be a very long season for the dogs and the fans. And I think that's true. And we mentioned this on the video side of things for our video cool down a little earlier. Then obviously that, that is the key storyline, seemingly the biggest storyline of all for Georgia Clemson. Very good Clemson defensive front. They've had a terrific pass rush for a number of years. And being solid and well taken care of along your offensive line there is clearly an, an important thing. After that, obviously, schedule kind of eases up a little bit, although you know UAB had 40-something sacks 2019. That's Georgia's Week 2 opponent. That's still a huge step down in competition, as a lot of the SEC games are in that stretch. Excuse me, in that stretch of the schedule there as well. So it, it seems like it's that Clemson game where all this really matters. The sack total from G Day is a little bit, you know, difficult to interpret sometimes because these are obviously not sacks, tackles to the ground. These are judgment call type things, and a lot of those Georgia outside linebackers and edge rushers are are quick guys, and so they get that quick beat on the quarterback, and it looks like a sack, so therefore you blow the whistle. I'm not downplaying what they did, but that particular stat does not necessarily mean a ton to me all the way around however I do agree with dog breath's overall point which is that it's the kind of thing that could certainly slow down your momentum towards competing for a national championship I guess overall I still mostly think that George is going to probably figure this out in other words given what you saw from Warren McClendon a year ago that if maybe even worst case scenario you just don't have another tackle ready to go, so you have to play Jamari Salyer there at that left tackle spot. I mean, do you really feel that bad about that if you're a Georgia fan? I, I don't. I mean, I've said before that the luxury would be someone plays well enough, emerges quickly enough, that Salyer could play his most likely NFL position of guard, that Georgia is at its best from an offensive line standpoint if a tackle emerges who's good enough to make – playing Salyer at guard seemed like a reasonable possibility. In that case, then you're talking about Warren Erickson probably emerging as your center. Maybe maybe Cedric Von Prahn becomes kind of an interior offensive line super sub where he could play the center position or either guard spot, depending on what happens with, you know, Salyer and and Schaefer on the other side. And, you know, maybe it's a a Broderick Jones or maybe eventually an Amarius Mims or Xavier Trust that kind of emerges there 
at that left tackle starter. But if one of those guys doesn't step up, if if trust just doesn't develop as quickly as you want him to, or if a guy like Jones or or Mims just aren't ready, and you have to play Jamari Sire, I actually don't feel that bad about that. And I think Georgia knows it has that available to it. And right now it's just experimenting with some other things. And I hope the experiment works out and they do find someone. But while I'm not downplaying Dog Breath's concern, I think it's legitimate and I think it's a fair one. And I, frankly, I think his statement here represents the feeling of a lot of Georgia fans who have also heard from. While I'm not downplaying it, I guess I don't join in the concern at least to the same degree that Dog Breath 40 does here. And I'd, I'd like to hear from you on this. One of the reasons why we have this comment section time because I do it, it matters to me what you think I want to hear your opinions on things related to Georgia football so hit us up on that at the comment section dognation.com or on Twitter at dognationdaily we'll be back for more podcast cool down tomorrow our R.S. Andrews cool down brought to you by R.S. Andrews find them online rsandrews.com they show up on time they do the work that's promised for the price that's promised for any of your air conditioning, heating, plumbing, and electric needs. Have a great day. See you back here tomorrow. More Dog Nation Daily presented by Palo Endo and Door of Georgia. We'll look forward to talking to you then, everybody.